Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Uh, so I know it's always on me to come up with something to talk about. It's your thing. Yeah, I know. But you um, found on oh. <laughs> the internet a better story, I think. Yeah. To start um, us off. I want to preface this by saying they're all fine now. They're all fine now. You'll no, know what I mean. I, I just want you to know that going into this. Um, a local news anchor posted on Facebook that the local animal control had gotten a call about, quote, dozens of guinea pigs that had been released in, fr- <laughs> in front of the adult bookstore uh, in the surrounding woods and greenery and were running around free and they needed them to come pick them up. Y'all know the adult bookstore around book 60. Store you around know, you 60. know what we're talking sure. about. <laughs> um, so they did indeed come pick them up and there were dozens. If you look at there are dozens of them. And uh, I I don't really... The, the best picture, if you look, uh, if, local news anchor Tim Ears Facebook page, um, they're just there's a picture of them running around in the woods. <laughs> And it's just like if you were like just walking, you know, down like a little like dirt path and you look down and there just happened to be like 20 guinea pigs just kind of roaming around in front of you. <laughs> I love they're all fine. But again, they're all fine. They now. were all rescued. They were rescued and taken to a guinea pig specific rescue not far from here in Pennsylvania. So they're all fine now. <laughs> I mean, are, are we are we sure that they were released there, or were they just did they just make a, a united <laughs> effort to seek out some spicy literature? Yeah, maybe they they made it. They made <laughs> a group. Maybe trip. it was a field trip. Yeah, we just interrupted the plot of some children's movie. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's a children's movie. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Who is the movie for? <laughs> it's an adult cartoon. Yeah, this is those edgy adult cartoons. I you you also we Tim Ear by the way shared this you said local news anchor who is yes. wonderful yes. I love Tim Ear Tim Ear did a um this is my pitch for Tim Ear he did a he did a profile in a local magazine once they asked him what he was afraid of and he said nothing That's <gasps> good. I know Tim Ear has no fear I love so, Tim yeah Ear. Tim Ear Tim I R R mm-hmm. how you spell ear go look him up on Facebook and look at those pictures of those guinea pigs <laughs> he's a cool dude and he you can uh, check out all these guinea pigs which are safe and if, and if you're in Pennsylvania in that area and you want to adopt them they they need adopted. Adopt a spicy guinea pig. Adopt a spicy guinea pig. Um, the uh, <laughs> Did this inspire you, though, Riley, to abandon your career in law and instead establish a guinea pig rescue here in West Virginia? Because yes. obviously we don't have one if we're sending our rescued guinea pigs to Pennsylvania. Yes. Well, I encountered this problem when I wanted to get a guinea pig because I wanted to rescue one and not, you know, buy one. I wanted to adopt one. Um, there are no animal shelters or rescues within, like, three and a half or four hours of here that even take guinea pigs. Like they're all just dogs and cats. And I think like a few like ferrets or bunnies or something like that. No guinea pigs. It never occurred to me that they're, I mean, I guess that makes sense. But like when I think of stray animals, guinea pigs don't, you know, I don't. Well, I mean, I understand. Like, I see dogs and it's cats an out in the world, and, and feel the need like that they should be adopted. Like, I, you know, my cats have all been rescues. Like, I understand that, but yeah. I never occur. It never, I never thought about guinea pigs wandering the woods of West Virginia <laughs> and needing rescue. <laughs> see, that's it's the same thing with uh, with birds in my area because they don't they aren't often up for adoption in like rescue centers. Uh-huh. So I just have like an alert turned on when a bird is available in my vicinity 
I haven't acted <laughs> on it yet, but every now and then I'll get a notification to my email. Like, oh, oh, there's a there's a bird in, uh, <laughs> in the Bronx. Needs a home. A Bronx <laughs> <Think about> bird. <laughs> it's a bird in the Bronx. Um, are you are you are you gonna go yeah. get a bird? I want a bird at some point. I just it'll, the right bird. It'll be the right bird. So how does that work? Does that mean like if you have to like take the subway or something or like an Uber um, to go get it? Like you're just gonna be coming back in the subway with like a bird on your shoulder? Well, I'll probably have a cage, but yeah. yeah I was but say, I mean, I or just cage. like free riding like on your arm. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, that, like I, a falcon. Yeah. It'll probably take a while till we're at that stage. Till till I'm I'm full pirate. You know, I gotta get oh. it to trust me and like. We have to bond. Or it is like a children's movie and you're just immediately, you know, best buds. Listen, I, I, Taylor, I, you would know better than me. I suspect that if you rode the subway with a bird on your shoulder, you would not be the first person yeah. to do that. No, in absolutely York. not. I yeah. have already seen people. That's passe. Now, the people with the cats on their heads, that's pretty cool. Mm. Mm. Cat heads. Yeah. A lot of I those didn't, people. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Why? I like specifically just, on your head? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a guy that used to, when I worked in uh, Soho, he'd walk by the bar every day. And it's the way that our windows were <laughs> oriented. You could just see they were kind of high windows on one side. So you could really only see people from like like the, the neck up. So I would see this head with this whole, the whole view of a black cat just walk by, just sitting upright on its owner's head. And it was a big cat. Oh my gosh. Just see the cat walk by. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. I mean, like, I could see somebody sitting on the subway with a cat on their lap. Even sure. on their shoulder. Yeah, but, but on their head. On their but head. I thought there was just the one guy that had a cat on his head. But apparently it's a, it's a, it's a genre of New Yorker. Wow. There are, there are at genre. least, there are a few. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I do, I do encourage you all. Sometimes I'll go on, like, Pet Finder. That website that shows you like any pets that you know people are surrendering or, or need rescuing or adopting in your surrounding area mm. again usually there are not many guinea pigs within several hours of here but every once in a while there's someone in west virginia who's trying to get rid of some and they always because usually they're being you know given away in pairs because mm-hmm. that's yes. that's how you would um the names of them that they often name them to like be together like last night I was looking because looking at the guinea pigs on Facebook inspired me to see if any of them would be available near me. Um, I saw spaghetti and meatball <laughs> that both were two guinea pigs, the brother guinea pigs. I can't get boys because I have two girls and oh. I don't want to be the one ending up with like, you know, dozens of guinea pigs running around in my room. <laughs> but you wouldn't release them at the, do- the adult bookstore. Not at the adult bookstore. You would at least take them to the children's bookstore. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh well, hey, on that note, did you know that they're releasing kangaroos in West Virginia? What? Is that real? No. I, I believe it's real. Is that, it was uh, that a bit, I was that a goop? It wasn't on April Fool's Day. I checked. I thought it was on April Fool's Day. I am almost positive that did they are. Did you get April Fooled? I don't think you've got, Are you an April Fool? You've got to fact check things like this. <laughs> if there are kangaroos involved in the story in general, that is a that is an now, instant fact check. I know that West Virginia is one of the states where you can have a pet kangaroo and you yes, don't you need can. a permit. You can just have one. So, I mean, that checks out. No, I mean, you can have kangaroos. But how'd they get here? How I thought we introduced... I, I read a whole thing about it that we were going <laughs> to... Did you get pranked? Did I? <laughs> I, I know I, I know West Virginia is trying to revitalize its economy, but I don't think kangaroos is the way to go. 
Well, <laughs> well, I know. I don't know. I'm not great with money, but. <laughs> well, Taylor, no. Okay. going to have a no thriving one kangaroo. What? In, element? It, <laughs> if you, if you, uh, if you, you know, as I did, followed all of our last legislative session, um, Releasing kangaroos in West Virginia is not the worst idea (laughs) that someone's come up with to revitalize the economy. Um, Maybe, maybe. Okay, wait, is a wallaby a kangaroo? Local wallaby now home after hopping around St. Albans. Yeah, that's what I was just looking at. That it wasn't released. No, it wasn't a kangaroo. It was a wallaby. It looks like it. Wallabies there look are, like tiny kangaroos. But they're, yeah, yeah, they do look. Look at him wear, he's wearing, he's wearing a sweater. A sweater. <laughs> There's a picture of a wallaby in a little red sweater, a little red turtleneck sweater. <laughs> oh my this god. This is adorable. His name is Panto- Pantoffle? Pantoufle? Pantoufle? <laughs> I don't know how you say That's how it looks. Um, sorry guys, that's the end of the podcast. We're all too distracted by this wallaby okay. wearing a sweater. That's a very respectable looking so, wallaby. I okay. know. So there are. Oh, so they didn't release kangaroos. And I did see that headline, but I assumed it was an April Fool's. I thought it was too, but then I saw these articles about kangaroos in West Virginia, and I thought, well, that's kind of cool. That you we just saw that and you accepted it as reality. <laughs> I googled it and I saw these articles about kangaroos. Anyway, there are kangaroos here apparently because you can own them. Someone's got a wallaby in St. Albans, so it's not even that far from here. That article uh, must have been fake. I can't even find it now. I know. I looked. I looked up kangaroos being released in West Virginia. Nothing. That's pretty anywhere. direct. Well, all right. There are, I mean, there's truth in that there are kangaroos and wallabies in West Virginia, apparently. They were not being freely released, not, though. Just, just added to the, the ecosystem. Like, who, let's just put some kangaroos be, here. See what happens. Who would be responsible for doing that? What organization <laughs> or governmental body is DNR. the one that's like this? Go free, my friends. Department of this is your National home. Resources or Wildlife. I don't think Department we often of Wildlife in, in, import species to places that yeah. they aren't naturally and just just let them loose. We've done happens. it with plants forever, well, sure, but, but, but not kangaroos. And we dropped bugs. That's why we dro- remember we dropped the ladybugs and the stink bugs and the ladybugs are different from kangaroos. Can- kangaroos, are, I think, are far more noticeable. <laughs> Big size difference. Yeah. I'm just saying. Well, no, I'm not saying that they were going to drop kangaroos <laughs> from planes. Like, kangaroos. I'm, did they drop the stink bugs from planes? I assume so. Like, like, <laughs> like the planes that like fly over like the fields with like the, you They know. crop dusted us yeah. with stink bugs. <laughs> how did, the, how did like they drop image. the stink bugs? I mean, they could just fly. Like, I feel like that would work. They had a box of them, and they just kind of, like, opened up the back and just kind of... Well, but, like, you can't be too high. Surely they can't survive. Well, when you crop dust something, you don't, you're not that high. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they did. I'm just asking. That's what I'm saying. I low don't know how they did over it. Low-flying over the neighborhoods of Was it a low-flying plane, or was it, like, more like they just took trucks out and delivered boxes of stink bugs? Well, around? I don't think that was it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> why not? Who were they bringing these boxes to? These are boxes <laughs> well, of stink bugs. They dumped them in the woods around the adult bookstores, and here we are. That is the distribution point for for new new wildlife in West Virginia. Now we have a new breed of guinea oh, pig. It's man. the West Virginia guinea pig. There's gonna be there's gonna be kangaroos at the adult bookstore next thing. You know. <laughs> or wallabies. We can't uh, we can't tell. Still don't know the difference. <laughs> can wallabies be muscular like kangaroos can be muscular? 
this little guy does not look muscular. No. He looks like a little guy. He's very proper. That's true. He is very proper. He's not going to punch anybody. No. no. Anyways, He's a sweetie. His name is Pantoufle. <laughs> he would never go to the adult bookstore. <laughs> Hey, no, that's not sh- don't don't shame Pen Pentoufle. That's you know. No, I'm just saying that's not the kind of guy he is. Not that kind of gent. You know. Right. Anyways, that's too that's too spicy for him. We've talked about this for far too long. <laughs> okay. He's sti- he sticks to the inner geek. Um, that's a bookstore here. That's not not a joke. <laughs> this is we're not talking about Pantoufle. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> Taylor, what are we talking about? Um, we are talking about the band Against Me, uh, specifically the 2014 album Transgender Dysphoria Blues, which is uh, lead singer Lara Jane Grace's sort of uh, album processing her experience as a as a transgender woman, which is really an amazing, important album to me. Well, um, first of all, I really enjoyed it. I I don't know that I'd ever listen to this like sought out i think you have played this band around me you know what i mean like i think it is this music has been playing when i have been in the vicinity of it but i don't think i'd ever like i don't i don't i didn't associate any songs with this band i mm-hmm. didn't know this mm-hmm. you know what i mean this was my first introduction to against me really well yeah me too that would make sense because i didn't i never really listened to against me like back in high school um it really wasn't until i had i had a roommate uh, after I graduated college that I lived with for a while and he was the biggest Against Me fan so it was always playing in the apartment and that's really where I was introduced to the pa- band and started like recognizing some of the songs so it was a later in life uh, musical interest for me. Is this album representative of some of the older work because I didn't I just listened to the one you know that we talked about. It has elements certain songs yes I feel like and I mean you know there's a lot of there's a lot of previous I think this is the sixth studio album so there are five albums before that but there's a lot of difference within those uh, but it is usually very like loud driving uh, a lot of like you know strong striking lyrics a lot mm-hmm. of politics uh, so then then those that's all present in in this album mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I really, uh, just to start us off, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, rem- what did you say the lead singer's voice is again? Or voice, the lead singer's name is again? Uh, I was going to say. <laughs> Lara Jane Grace. Uh, Lara Jane Grace's voice is incredible. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very, like, provocative and, like, attention grabbing. I mean, beautiful, but also just, like. Such a like you hear that and you immediately stop what you're doing and listen. I don't know, just a very great voice. It fits the tone of the lyrics and the music very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it makes sense. Well, she's got a very I don't know confrontational is the word and not I mean in a, in a glorious way. But that's kind of also what I love about the the content of the album is it's it's not like some shy like. I wrote some flowery metaphors for what it is to be transgender. It's like, no, no, I'm singing about every element of it in a very clear and honest way. It is very purposeful and direct. And I think mm-hmm. that melodically, vocally, lyrically is all there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very, um, it's very punk. Yeah. I feel like. <laughs> and it's also, but there's also like it, her voice reminds me of like, like you said, confrontational is not a bad word for it. And again, I don't mean that in a bad way. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when you think of some of the like punk music that was written, um, that was very like angry, anti-government, anarchy, like that kind of stuff that it even though that's not what she's singing about, it feels that way. Mm-hmm. It, yep. I mean, it's 
it, it like gets you excited yeah. you know what i mean yeah. you, you're like ready to start the revolution you know well, that, i mean and she's done that on previous albums so it you know that reads like she definitely has mm-hmm. some very powerful songs specifically about politics and you know that's just kind of that's why this kind of fits it's just it's a more personal experience for her mm-hmm. yeah I, that that it was immediately the first thing i noticed about about the album was her voice and how um i liked it and it I don't know. It makes you I think that's that's cool, though, because it makes you pay attention more, not just to the music, to the songs, but to the lyrics when you have a voice like that. Mm-hmm. And if if what you're trying to do with your music is obviously entertain people, people like to listen to music, mm-hmm. but also call attention to issues, then she's got a great voice to do that. Yeah. It makes it very clear that the point of the music is the words i don't want to say the point like obviously it's to sound good also but it's not the kind of thing you'd listen to put on in the background just as like mm-hmm. ambiance you know what i mean like you listen to it to listen to it like a, i mean it's like absolutely i don't want to say it's like a musical because it's not like a musical but you know what i mean like you don't put on stuff from a musical mm-hmm. just to like have on in there i mean i do but usually you don't just put it on to like have it in the background you yeah. put it on to listen to it and like hear what it's saying well, there, yeah there's a narrative to this album i mean clearly yeah from, exactly you know that cover and title and everything but there's a very strong narrative that you want to get every every bit of that's a much better way of putting it than me saying it's like a musical, like a musical. <laughs> transgender as a, a narrative <laughs> obviously there are albums other than musicals that have narratives i don't know you know what anyways, if, I'm sorry. if she wanted to link up with, uh, with green day and make a, a broadway musical out of this I, absolutely hey, yes <laughs> i well it you know it's funny you draw that comparison because there was something about it that now yeah. does does this pre not this album, but like, does Against Me predate Green Day? Who's first? Uh, Against Me was formed in '97, so Green Day was around before that. Um, okay, there's something about it that that, and maybe it's that maybe it's also like a lead singer with a powerful voice mm-hmm. that is, you know, yeah. memorable and immediately recognizable. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what I'm I'm catching on yeah. to, but like. You know, it. I I felt at moments like, ah, oh, this feels a little Green Day. Yeah, well, in yeah. that, in that, you understand why they're both iconic. They're like a, a recognizable, powerful voice, catchy hooks, really powerful lyrics. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's DNA there. Mm-hmm. Telling a story, yeah. which um, we you know, like a musical, like a musical. <laughs> <laughs> We're processing things through the filters we understand. That's fine. <laughs> I'm. I, it's just how I think of things. I that's don't know funny. why in my head I'm like, there's music, music, and then there's like music that's like from a musical. Well, <laughs> I was, I said the same thing about Green Day. We talked about Green Day, true. like, and it makes sense because they made a jukebox musical. Like, it tells a story. There's a narrative. Kylie's like, mm, this reminds me of Sondheim. Taylor, Taylor just gave me the words to better describe what I was thinking. <laughs> but same idea. <laughs> well, I do because I, I, there's a lot of like I don't know there's a lot of punk music that I I will enjoy putting on if I'm like working, but it's kind of like the screaming overtakes the meaning, and I think that mm-hmm. the spot for me in punk is always when the the you know the powerful vocals are working in tandem with the powerful lyrics, and you know you're meant to listen, you're you're meant to process. Uh, some people some people just like the screaming, some people just like the noise, you know. But this is mm-hmm. that's always the, those are always the ones that appeal to me. Right. I agree. I mean, I've always, uh, I, I joke that I only like music with words, um, <laughs> which is not, I mean, the, well, it, <laughs> get out of here, Beethoven. I was going to say you just I, don't like classical music. Yeah, well, I joke that. Jazz? But like, get you. I, okay. 
Let's not go down the jazz road again. We know how I feel about China. I'm sorry. We talked about La La Land already. It's too busy. It upsets my brain. My neurons get too excited. Um, <laughs> I, But I do prefer music with lyrics. It's not that I can't appreciate classical music. I do. I'm just saying I like music with words. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. So and, you're just as good at describing music as I am. <laughs> like, I'm not a music critic. I, I do appreciate when... I mean, for me, that's a lot of what I pay attention to when I first hear a song or a new artist or a band or anything. One of the first things I'm listening for is this lyrically interesting. That's that is my personal thing that appeals to me about music. It is rare that I will get really into an artist because of like the soundscape they're creating. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more about what are they literally saying? Right. Not with the sound, but with the words. That is what pulls me to something. I want to connect to that. And then I can enjoy the music around it. Mm-hmm. And so I do appreciate that. Like, I, I feel that in this music. And it is different from a lot of, um, like, my experience with, like you said, Tay, like, punk music where people are yelling a lot. <laughs> which I, I think can be fun if you're, like, in a club or dancing. But if I'm at home, I want something where I'm listening to the words. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I feel like on this album specifically, uh, Large and Grace sets out with a idea for each song. This is the story that this song tells. You know, yes. there's no really like sorting through like what could the meaning be like. No, it's very direct. You know, like yeah, and and she's you know very straightforward about it. Like you know, unconditional love is is about this. You know, like the like drinking with the jocks is about this. Like it's very clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I want to talk more about the particular songs and uh, why this album means so much to you. But before we do that, let's check the group message. Mm. All right. Some of us own cats, not guinea pigs. I'm sorry. (laughs) You all have cats. Taylor and I both have cats. And uh, we can both attest that uh, you spend a lot of time, even if you just have one cat, cleaning out your cat's litter box. Worrying, do I need to add more litter? Does it need to be scooped again? Am I running out of litter? Uh, What do I do with this? kind of i mean it gets kind of yucky after a while your your litter box and and no matter how clean you try to keep it um and that is why kitty poo club that's right kitty poo club has come to the rescue uh by delivering to you every month an affordable and recyclable litter box that is pre-filled with the litter of your choice so it's that simple it shows up at your door the box is there the litter is in it you open the top there it is your cat can you know do the things that cats do in litter box. I don't need to break that down for you. I think you know. It's, <laughs> it's in the name. It's called Kitty Poo Club. Yeah. Come on. Uh, and when the month is up, you just recycle the used litter box and Kitty Poo Club will automatically deliver a new one to you. So it's a way to keep a fresher, cleaner litter box overall, but not feel bad about throwing away like a plastic box every month. Nobody would want to do that. So you got a recyclable box. So you're still doing something good for the earth. You've got clean litter. You got a clean box. Your cat's happy. You're happy. Justin's happy because I usually make him scoop our litter box. So he's happier. (laughs) And you can easily customize your your subscription with things like toys or treats or accessories, whatever you and your and your kitty want. So uh, right now, Kitty Poo Club is offering an awesome discount on your first litter box order and free shipping when you set up an auto ship. Just go to www.kittypooclub.com to save on your first auto ship order of litter boxes with free shipping and be sure to let them know Still Buffering sent you after you check out. That's kittypooclub.com. 
So, you know, speaking of, of smells, another, <laughs> you know, important personal smell that I like to I like to be in charge of is my, my smell of my pits. Well, me too. That's a good way to put that, I think. Um, and that's why I use native deodorant. Because native understands it's not just what's on the inside that counts, but also the outside. Which is why they're releasing their deodorant in new plastic-free packaging. Oh, that's great. Isn't that great? You feel, yeah. you feel good about it. Because um, you and native are doing your part to help your the our earth, not your earth, our earth. It's everyone's earth. Everyone's earth. With their new 100% plastic-free and recyclable packaging. And when you buy this new plastic-free, recyclable, packaged deodorant, you're saving 37 grams of plastic. That's a lot of plastic. Yeah. I go through a lot of deodorant. If we're all doing it, that really adds up. It really adds up. Uh, And not only do you feel good about it, but you smell good because you can choose from their 10 scents, including the classic coconut and vanilla. They have sensitive formulas that are formulated without baking soda. And if you prefer not to have a scent, they have unscented options as well. So if you're ready to try plastic-free deodorant, go to nativedeo.com slash buffering or use promo code buffering at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash buffering or use promo code buffering at checkout for 20% off your first order. Uh, Well, hey, I have a a cool podcast to tell you all about. First, I have some questions. Uh, Are you a fan of horror movies? Yes. Yes. Spooky TV shows. Yes. Finding Bigfoot? Yeah. yeah. Well, then on All Things Spoopy, Will and Sarah Stedman are always learning and talking about all things horror and horror adjacent, from beam hor- movies to horrorcore albums and even some traumatizing children's movies. They've got you covered. <laughs> uh, they also say thank you to the Smurls and our in-laws for all the joy we bring to them. So thank, thank you all. But uh, I think you all should search All Things Spoopy wherever you find podcasts. Uh, look for the Silly Raccoons and check it out because that sounds awesome. I'm going to check that out today. It- yeah, that does sound awesome. All things spoopy. Love that. Yeah. Uh, so, Tay, first of all, um, I was going to ask you what your favorite song is. Uh, I, 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 the name of my favorite song has a bad word in it, but uh, mm. F, F oh. My Life 666 is pro- uh, that one and Black Me Out are probably my two favorite for very different reasons on this album. <laughs> I liked Black Me Out a lot. I think True Trans Soul Rebel mm-hmm. was my favorite. I really liked that yeah. one. Yeah. I was between that one and Unconditional Love. Um, they both had a somewhat similar vibe to yeah. me. Those are my two favorites, I think. Mm-hmm. I think the, uh, the the story behind Unconditional Love is really beautiful because that's one that she wrote it, sort of for her, for her wife. Uh, they remarried after she transitioned, I believe. But it was about the idea that, like, no matter how much you love me, I've got to figure myself out. Like, you can't love me enough for me mm-hmm. to heal myself. And, like, mm-hmm. that's on me. And I think that's a really, that's a very true and powerful message, you know? But, like, yeah. Yeah. and I, I feel like there's just so many, even in the songs that aren't directly about being trans, I think that there's still a lot of the the thought processes and the struggles that you go through are present in this song, you know, where you hope, like, if I can just get into a situation that's good and healthy enough, these thoughts will go away. If my life is worth enough, in the closet, then I won't want to be out of the closet. And I feel like that, that song mm-hmm. kind of confronts that idea. Like, there's not enough. There's not a life good enough that can, can, that can make life livable, you know, denying myself. 
Hmm. You know, as you're saying this, I feel like it would be nice if this was made into some sort of, <laughs> I don't want to say stage musical. A musical. I mean, I, look, I, I think, I think like Lara Jade is too punk for that, but you know, <laughs> the, the kids could, could benefit from it. Well, I mean, yeah, it very much is something that needs a larger platform, the story, not just in the sense that like it, you know, it's music that needs a bigger audience, but I think it, it could be made into something more than you know just an what album what about one of those taylor swift short films there you go make a taylor swift short film this is this uh, is not very punk rock of you guys <laughs> hey that was sydney you're the one that brought up taylor swift this time what's happened to you <laughs> well i was trying to think like what other way like there are music videos you can turn them into musicals they're like i mean you can do like a beyonce style like movie or mm-hmm. like stage show that is the music but is beyond is bigger okay, you know all, mm-hmm. all right <laughs> taylor's offended that we're comparing i think the album to beyonce and taylor itself, swift all right i don't think it needs all that well i just mean that it, these are important i think they're important Riley said yes. they're important yes. yes this is important and i had never heard of this album i and i as i'm listening to it and you're talking about what it means to you and what you know kind of what it helped you sort of put into words and understand um those are really important things i agree and you know and there's lots of and you could talk about this with any you know any group of people that kind of that gets marginalized there isn't enough media that speaks to your individual experience and it can be hard to find it when it does exist yeah like I, i just think about like some of the patients i take care of would probably really love listening to this and being able to hear their experience you know, and mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. I was thinking, like, how could how could we get that out more? I think that's really important. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, and that's, you know, I mean, I, I know for me, um, uh, you know, I mentioned a, a friend, uh, a roommate introduced me to against me. Um, it's, a, it's a bit of a sad story, so I'm going to try to be brief. Uh, but uh, it was a, an old roommate who just, he was he was from Florida, which is where Against Me comes from. So Against Me was like mm. his band. Uh, and... I remember when I, I saw the, the news article uh, about Lara Jane Grace coming out and uh, my, my buddy had just gotten home from work. And I remember feeling kind of a, afraid of telling him because I think I, even then, I mean, this was this was over a decade ago and just being like, I'm really terrified of how he's going to react to this. And it's not just about mm-hmm. I don't want my, my buddy to be a jerk. It's that this this matters to me personally. And I was like, oh. You know, I know you're a big fan of Against Me. The lead singer is a trans woman, Large Jane Grace. You know, and he leaned over my shoulder and he read the article. And he was like, huh, my favorite band is a chick band. <laughs> he was just like, okay, all right. Huh. And then he just like went in the other room and put Against Me on. And I just remember feeling this this immense sense of relief. This, you know, this kind of, uh, this sort of, little nugget that I held with me for years after that you know some people will write you off some people will exit your life but some people are just gonna be fine for some people Mm -hmm, it'll just mm -hmm. be like oh okay cool like you know and that that friend uh passed away unfortunately uh a few years back um and not and you know before uh I'd come out but I just am always so so appreciative of that moment that you know 
happened that he he's the one that introduced me to the band and sort of mm-hmm. handed it off to me and then you know when this album came out I, i'd wish he'd been around to hear it with me so the song there's a song dead friends on this which is about one of Lara jane grace's uh, friends who passed away and that song always reminds me of him hmm. damn sorry yeah oh well no i just you know it's a uh, just it's very like it's uh, I think that, you know, for, for when this album came into my life, it really, like, it was a, a lifeline. Just, just as mm-hmm. much as that little, you know, comment from my, my buddy, who didn't even know what he was saying at the time, didn't know who he was talking to at the time. Like, the, you know, you just have those little things that you cling to, that, you know, you kind of piece together, try to build a raft. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing yeah. that story. No, uh, it's a great story. He was a good buddy. Yeah. Well, I th- and I think that it's it's nice that you are memorializing your friend this way and that like carrying on y- he shared this music with you and now it's become part of your life and your story and he's part of your life and your story and I think that's really lovely. Yeah, I will say I I wouldn't have known of this band and it, uh, certainly this album if it wouldn't have been for you introducing it to us. Mhm. Um, it's just another one of those that's from before my time that even if they continued <laughs> to make music into like as I was listening to music, uh, you know, I wasn't aware of them before I was born. So I just continued to be unaware. <laughs> to be fair, in 2014, when this came out, I was listening to like, well, Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. So, yeah, you know, very different. <laughs> well, and there was a lot of like. I feel there was always a sort of an isolating element to the punk scene because while it can be very like queer friendly, very, you know, fr- friendly to, to women, there's those elements there. A lot of it is also incredibly the opposite and <laughs> you never really know what mm-hmm. you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So being like a fan of, of punk music and like going to shows and you don't know if you're going to get into a pit and it's going to be just like, you know, they're, I'm not going to say them on the show, but there are chants that you'd hear about, you know, specifically women in the pit is a word that rhymes with pit that they'd say no in the pit uh Uh, yeah uh and like that that was so uh you know you just didn't feel welcome there like oh this is supposed to be like revolutionary and we're we're you know moving conversations forwards and we're fighting back against the man but we're insisting on the same exact like ideals that mainstream follows and so it was always really like special when you found something in in the punk realm that felt like it was for you because most of it didn't mm-hmm. feel like that. And that was something that, you know, I, I think this is, it's what punk should be. It's, it's what the ideals behind it are. And this is one of the few albums that I think is that like, this is, you know, that like true trans soul rebel. This is, this is what punk should do. It's advancing mm-hmm. a conversation that needs to happen. It's saying hard things that people don't want to hear. It's, you know, I mean, what's, what, what's more punk rock than being trans? <laughs> No, I mean, yeah. I think I think you're. That's exactly it. it. It's it's similar to the conversation I think we had around Jackass. Yeah, you know, around the <laughs> idea that like, you know, we just we're kind of like we accept that society thinks what we're doing is ridiculous, and you know that they look down on this like, oh my gosh, the like dumb kids doing dumb stunts mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And part of that is like, forget your gender norms, forget your you know heteronormative alpha male toxic masculinity stuff forget all of that we don't care about any of it Mm -hmm. like that is that's also part of why we're in your face and if it makes you uncomfortable to see like naked dudes close to each other 
that's you really on you. That's yeah. really something you need to reckon with and not me. And I, yeah, I mean, it is, it is very punk rock. And I, am. I can't, I can't understate the importance. Like, like, I don't know the, I, I just, I just got the tattoo the other day, but the, in F my life, six, 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 there's a lyric. Don't want to uh, live without teeth. Don't want to die without bite. Never want to say that I regret it. And that phrase, I think just haunted me for years because I think, and there's a lot of uh, elements on this album about mortality, which I think is something that I thought a lot about, you know, especially as I got older. And, you know, like I said, you realize, like, there's no life that I can seek out for myself that's going to fix this, that's going to make these feelings go away. And, you, you know, you sort of begin to face this fear of, like, am I going to die never making eye contact with myself in the mirror? Like, am I going to die having not really, not to sound maudlin, but not having lived, like... Is that, is that, and at some point it's like, what, what do I have to lose? Like, like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I can't have a good life like this. So even if my life is weird and hard and people think I'm a freak, that is better than being the walking dead. And I think that, you know, that, that phrase is sort of the, the, the encapsulation of that feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I I mean, I think, I I think what you're expressing, that's, uh, and I think that was my, my inclination let's turn this into a stage musical was <laughs> it was you not me I love this. <laughs> is that those are just such important things to i mean as we're as we're growing up um especially when we're younger but i think what you're talking about is having to find some of these inspirations and like people putting the way you feel into words as you were older you mm-hmm. know things that you couldn't because of, you know, the way our society is, the way our society specifically treats trans people. You couldn't find these things when you were going through those formative teenage years. You had to find them as an adult. Um, and it shouldn't, like, surely we can break that. Like, mm-hmm. surely we don't have to perpetuate that. Like, teenagers of today should have access to these sorts of voices and stories and role models and inspirations mm-hmm. easily. And I know that some do. Yeah. I mean, I know that there are some parts of the world and of the country where it's not hard to find that. Um, but then there's places like here right. mm-hmm. where it's incredibly hard to find people you can talk to and stuff you can read and watch and listen to. I don't know. Maybe maybe with the internet and stuff like TikTok, maybe it's easier now. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. Well, I mean, seriously, like maybe you know what I mean. Like maybe you can. I, I have some young patients who tell me that like it's easier to find mm-hmm. things that help me understand myself because of YouTube and TikTok. Yeah, I mean all this this you know panic over oh no there are so many trans people now. I, I don't think it's if this album had, if I'd heard this album in two thousand and four instead of. 2014 I think I would be in a very different place in my life honestly like the concept I mean specifically of like trans men trans masculine people like that that's something that I don't is sort of unheard of to me definitely growing up as like a teenager like we just didn't talk about trans people like that was Mm -hmm. just not you know not a thing that you even considered uh you know even I mean at that point like being gay was something you sort of whispered under your breath but the idea of being trans was just you didn't you didn't contemplate that you shoved those thoughts down as deep as you could bury them because you just couldn't have that thought mm-hmm. and i think that it's it's so important that there are people growing up that never shove it down and we're going to have to contend with that like that's a, that's what we're experiencing these people are not burying their identities as soon as they start to bloom within them they're they're letting them mm-hmm. you know 
prosper and, and, and blossom. And that's, that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean there's still, no, please. I was just going to say there's so much internet now. There's I mean, <laughs> a, a, an area for everyone where you're going to find someone that feels or has lived or thinks the same way that you have, or you do, even if you think that you won't. And I think that's what makes finding things like this more possible for people that need them because there's so much better of a chance that you will encounter someone who is like you mm-hmm. and who's saying, I recognize what you're saying and what you're thinking. Listen to this with lots of things, you know, this album, other shows, movies, whatever. And I think you said TikTok, but I mean, it's true. Like if a song from an album that came out before most of Gen Z was born starts trending on TikTok, which has happened a lot, where yes. people are like, this is the new TikTok song. Like, well, no, that's from an album that came out in like 98. I mean, <laughs> that could, that, that happens that. <laughs> a lot. Um, and is, I mean, it creates a lot of, you know, silly dance trends, but also is important in helping people find music and, you know, find things that they need. So I think that, um, I don't know, I, I think that you're right that it creates a whole different generation of people who grow up knowing they can be what they want to be because there are lots of other people that are doing that also. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. I mean, and I think that's an important sort of in like the, we're we're kind of talking as like growing up and and learning things and sort of our experience with media and art and stuff. And, but from like a very like medical scientific professional standpoint, (laughs) I, it's really important to reinforce that idea. Exactly what you're saying. This isn't new. Mm -hmm. It was just really, there was, for a long time, the absence of the idea that this was something you could be, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't even a positive or negative. It was like, this isn't a, th- like, no, you you would grow up not knowing this was an option, yeah. <laughs> that this was a thing. And then there is the negative. You grew up knowing it was a thing, but that it would, it, you know, you would be shunned and it was bad. Yeah. Right. Um, and now we are moving into a time where hopefully that is changing but that's not that doesn't mean that all of a sudden people who wouldn't have been trans 50 mm-hmm. years ago are it just means they can be open about it right and and across cultures and throughout history gender expression has never like it this idea that it's always been this binary and it was connected to chromosomes and genitals that's not true it's unscientific it's not true it's not true from a um like an anthropological standpoint it's not true from a biological standpoint it's it's not true from an evolutionary standpoint. It's mm-hmm. never been true. There are lots of different gender expressions across different cultures. There are cultures that have like four different genders. Mm-hmm. And that's just part of, you know, and you can be in between those two. Like there are also variations on those, but that's just normal part of humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On it, I mean, it makes me, I wish, I mean, <laughs> oh, with all the legislation going out, it feels like a, you know, like a, these lame landmines for especially trans children all around this country. And I wish the people making these rules would listen to doctors, would listen to people that know this stuff, but would also listen to like older trans people, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. I, you know, the sphere of like irreversible damage. It's like irreversible damage is not, it's not living through your 20s because you're miserable. You know, irreversible mm-hmm. damage is probably the sort of behavior that I engaged with to try to numb myself to the feelings that I was experiencing. I think yes. I think that's the that's the damage that I, I, I have to work really hard to undo. It's not it's not how I feel about my gender. Yeah. That you were exactly right. Yeah. Well that's I mean, and that people will connect like and this is not just true of, of trans people, all LGBTQ people, they'll connect with like higher rates of anxiety or depression or substance use or that kind of thing. 
that is not because being any of those things makes you depressed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is because of the way you are forced to exist in society because of society and the way that we treat people and the way that we legislate people's, you know, lives and bodies and behaviors. That is what makes people depressed. That is what makes people, you know, engage in self-harm. That that the outside is the problem. Mm-hmm. The inside, the person is not the problem. Um, but that, I mean, you have, I don't know. We just need to talk about it more. Yeah. yeah. We're doing a conference. This, there's, a, there's, a, there's a great resource fair happening in Huntington, West Virginia this weekend. It's, I mean, you're not going to hear this in time to come. It's not my plug. But just <laughs> as an example. I, I'm not getting paid for anything. I, I'm voluntarily giving a talk at it, but... Um, but there's a United for Love event that they're doing for uh, specifically like teens and young adults in the LGBTQ community here in Huntington mm-hmm. to come see. All of these organizations are tabling to show you that like we have support resources. We love you. We support you. We want to help families who are struggling to figure out all this stuff. And there's going to be talks and a fashion show and dancing and the mayor will be there. <laughs> That's the <awesome>. mayor. <laughs> I know, but it's great. But I'm I'm very excited about it. Yeah. So. Oh, that makes me so happy. You know, I can't. That's. I, I feel like that that that's going to change lives. You know, that's that's going to help people get on the path that they should be on, and that's so important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Allie Lehman put it all together. I should mention Allie. She she did all this well, just, while she's running for office. She's yeah. like a powerhouse. Well, at the at the end of your speech, you should uh you should tell people to uh. To listen to this album, yeah. Have further questions. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm actually. We have a DJ at the event. You should. I'm gonna send like that. send. Yeah, say like, hey, I don't. I don't want to tell you your business. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't listen to music without words, so I am not the music I expert. Don't DJ. <laughs> like me, this is so far from any expertise. Here is an album. I think you may want to play some of during this event. There. That is my entire like. I, I am humbly suggesting this may be helpful. I am not telling you your business. <laughs> I, I feel like one of the most important albums by a trans woman is, is probably a, a good thing to play. <laughs> I think that should yeah. be a pretty easy ask. <laughs> well, Taylor, I really appreciate you sharing yeah, this with you, us. With thank you not for just, Well, it was, it was great. I enjoyed it. Um, and it was very meaningful. It, it was nice to hear this. I know that this must have been sort of vulnerable for mm-hmm. you, made you feel vulnerable, and I appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate you both. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well. <laughs> oh, no. Speaking of musical theater. <laughs> Speaking of musical theater, um, we've talked about a few musicals on here before, and I was thinking, like, talking about musicals is fun. We could talk about music and, and stories and all that stuff, and I love musicals, obviously. I brought them up, like, a dozen times just in this episode, not about musicals. Um, and I'm currently in Into the Woods, which is one of the few musicals where you can watch mm-hmm. a movie version and the original stage version legally, not a bootleg. So... Let's talk so, about Into, right. the, Into the Woods. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Hey, Perfect. there's a lot of good stuff in there too. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah. Not not the like same. The you know, it's not it's not as meaningful, but we it's, no, no, it's got it's, something. We, we contain multitudes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Into the Woods for next week. It will be. We're going. We're going 180. Yeah, we are. Um, <laughs> Uh, well thank you again Taylor um, for sharing with us the uh, album is Transgender Dysphoria Blues the band is against me I would highly recommend it Mm -hmm. it was thoroughly enjoyable Um, 
Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and thank you, listeners. Thank you to Maximum Fun. You should go to MaximumFun.org and check out all the great podcasts there. Um, you can email us at stillbuffering at MaximumFun.org, and you can tweet at us at stillbuff. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I, I am too. too. Thinking about those guinea pigs. I'm still finding out. Just <laughs> like your chance. Oh, guys. Guinea pigs just wanted some smut. Just let them get there. <laughs> let them get there. Don't don't shame him. Still not a good bodice ripper. <laughs> Max Fun Drive is just around the corner. 2022. Starting April 25th, it's the best time of the year to support your favorite shows by becoming a Max Fun member or upgrading your membership. In just two weeks. We've got some great episodes and amazing thank you gifts in store. And who knows, maybe a few surprises. Don't forget bonus content. So make sure to tune in starting Monday, April 25th to get all the juicy details on what each show has in store. Actually, wait, what are the details anyway? And why are they juicy? That's kind of a strange adjective to describe. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported